0: This is Sunset Boulevard, Los Angeles, California. That's the Homicide Squad, complete with detectives and newspapermen. A murder has been reported from one of those great big houses in the 10,000 block. You'll read about it in late editions, I'm sure. Because an old-time star is involved. One of the biggest...
1: Has it ever occurred to you that I may have a life of my own, that there there may be some girl that I'm crazy about?
0: Who? Some car hop or dress extra?
1: You want a Valentino, somebody with polo ponies, a big shot. What you're trying to say is you don't want me to love you. Say it. Say it.
0: Yes, come out to see for yourself the film that reaches a new milestone of dramatic daring the film that every critic says is a giant among motion pictures. It looks very full yeah very full
1: are we recording yeah oh hi hey who are you
0: i'm bob sham i'm angela welcome to movie humpers uh the sounds you hear are probably dogs the weird sounds
1: dogs house noises chairs
0: it's been a few weeks now i think i've successfully stopped drinking red bull really yeah i had no
1: idea that's amazing
0: it was the one energy drink i liked yeah? The flavors, and I'm pretty sure it was very addictive. Yeah? But can I tell you how I managed to quit it?
1: How? How did you do that?
0: And it's a little gross. It's a little gross. Oh,
1: no. But okay. it fucking,
0: But it fucking did worked.
1: You, did you drink, like, a ton of it or something?
0: There was one night where uh, it was very late at night, and I decided to eat, like, pub cheese before I laid down.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And so I
0: ate it, and... And then I laid down, and then, like, an hour later, I woke up with, like, acid reflux, like, in my throat and yeah. mouth. Yeah, You know, you know that feeling. It's mm-hmm. fucking nasty. It was like, oh, I had to spit up and wash my mouth out. Yeah. So, the next day, I go out and I, I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm always wandering these streets, and I'm like, I'm going to get myself Red Bull. So, I did. This is my last ever Red Bull, and I got my little flavor, the strawberry apricot which I did like, mm-hmm. and then I drank it, and then I had this thought. This tastes like the acid reflux backwash chilled with a little bit of flavoring. Ugh. And then that was it. That was it.
1: That's awesome.
0: But that, but it, it, that's what it tasted like, the, the whang, the intense, the acidity. It tasted like chilled acid reflux backwash.
1: Okay, that's that's actually funny that you said that because one of the reasons I don't like things like that or things that are super um sour like Warheads and stuff because to me they taste like puke. Yeah. And so that's kind of the same thing. It's like the acidity part of that that's like this weird like acidic burning.
0: If it's gross too gross. The feeling. sour acidic balance can get a little it can get a little vomitous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: I never thought of that prior to drinking red bulls Uh but those things are addictive because i found like a long time ago when i'd stopped drinking them for a little while i had one randomly and then i felt like i had to have one like every other day you know
1: yeah you were drinking them instead of coffee kind of for a bit
0: yeah like a quicker yeah but anyway i've solved that problem
1: i'm glad i'm very glad
0: what is up with my camera Let me do this.
1: Just hit your microphone with your shoulder. I think I'm okay. Sorry.
0: Sorry. So uh, we, I wanted to, when I first plotted movie humpers, Mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of a loaded schedule that we probably would have been near impossible for us to get to.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like more, I scheduled more movies than we ever had time for.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, but I did have this plan that like once every. Once a week, we would see a classic movie, uh-huh. like a movie, which that, that time frame to me would be 1969 and before. Uh-huh. And uh, this is only the third movie we've seen so far from, that's like 1969 or before.
1: That's true.
0: You remember the first one, right? The very first Oh one. yeah,
1: well the very first one. ooh I just hit the microphone, was one of the first movies ever made. Yeah,
0: 1906, Story of the Kelly Gang, and then uh, from the 30s, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And now we're just now getting to our third classic, and I think we can do it. I think we can watch one classic a week. And I kind of had an idea to have the classic be tangentially correlated to our to our themes. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Michael Mann movies we're talking about modern noir.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: And you know, classic movies. Yeah, there's ton- there It's not, if it's not a western or a war film,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's it might be a noir.
1: I'm I'm totally down for that.
0: We're finally getting to uh, a new black and white classic movie.
1: Yes, yeah. And this
0: is one that is considered kind of an all time classic. Uh
1: huh.
0: It's on tons of best of lists. Yeah. And I think we saw pretty quickly why. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're just making sure you're like stunning for the people.
1: Well, I mean, are you are you talking about like what I'm doing right now?
0: Uh sure, yeah. No, I'm yeah. not against it. I think you should do <laughs> whatever yeah. you want.
1: Well, so but it's interesting. Uh, you haven't even said what movie yet that we watched. No, if not you, yet. If you, if you said what movie we watched, then I could sort of like maybe better explain when we get to the parts where where she is needing to get ready for her return. Her
0: close up, Mister. Her, her close up.
1: The then, then like you might understand that um, I've decided that it's time for me to go back to acting oh really this this film has inspired inspired me so much so now i have to i have to look as good as i possibly can and i i'm sorry to do this during the podcast show i still say podcast because i'm an old woman and i listen to podcasts it is also a
0: podcast it is also a
1: podcast um but the thing is is that like i can't wait Mm. even like until we're done i have to i have to start now okay because i have to do a lot of stuff Yeah, like To like, be ready
0: And, uh, we're talking about This is the first time we've ever seen this movie We're talking about Sunset Boulevard I
1: cannot believe I have not seen this movie
0: Directed by Billy Wilder Starring William Holden Gloria Swanson Gloria
1: Swanson
0: Who, uh, does crush it Quite, quite a bit in this movie
1: She's I think I think I like I want to be her.
0: I uh, I kind of understood how uh William Holden's character of Joe got kind of wrangled into that scenario.
1: Oh, I would have moved it on my own volition.
0: I probably would have like went for the P like quicker than he did. Oh, me too. Cuz why not? Me too. Now granted over a period of time, once you're on the 50 of night of watching the the silent movies with her in her living room over and over again. Look, the lady is a narcissist, but she's fascinating.
1: You know how you get out of watching those movies every time? Go downtown.
0: Oh, you gotta eat her. You ain't gotta watch that movie. Eat her pee. Yeah, she's only fifty. I know. Like she started real young, the aging starlet. Uh huh. Who was in black? Who was in silent movies? Mm-hmm. And then as the talkies came around,
1: is, is this okay if I keep doing this? Right.
0: Of course. You're okay, you're beautifying. I I really you're you're inspired. feel
1: Like I really need to um I just have to uh to handle it. You know, like I'm not I'm not 50 yet. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm not ashamed to say I'm 43. And I think I look pretty good for 43.
0: She might not even have been menopausal yet, you know? Oh yeah. She could have possibly gotten pregnant.
1: Yeah, I guess she could have.
0: I mean, we're not that far off, are we? The,
1: I know we're not going to go beat by beat, but I just have to make sure that we talk about the monkey. Oh, yeah. The chimpanzee. We didn't actually fully see him. We, I don't want to. We saw this, his. Uh, I'm going to call he, him the wrong thing, but you know. He
0: kind of looked like a chimpanzee mummy in a way. Um, yeah,
1: I definitely think it was never. It, they did not use any not, sort of real animal.
0: I mean, like, uh, if, y'all, if you listen to the podcast, that's fine, but there's always, like, visual stuff. And a few little gags I put in that are kind of like the classic documenteers clip style. And it's not, and it's a lot more reserved than it used to be because uh-huh. sometimes there was so much clips that like it fucked the audio up, popping sounds before yeah, I got yeah, yeah. good at that. But if people watch the YouTube version of this episode, they can watch you get done up, become a big star on your way to become a big star. Leave me probably.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Good.
0: Good. No. I'm more like Joe.
1: You're like um You're my Carl to Dolly Pardon. Isn't that her husband's name? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll be famous, but I'll never leave you. So he's
0: you mean her beard?
1: Hey, come on. Is that
0: what that's called?
1: There's rumors. Maybe they just have an open relationship. I think she's Why prob- does it have to be that way? I
0: think she's probably just bi.
1: That's what I'm saying. They just have an open relationship.
0: Bye. Is it bye, y'all?
1: Anyway, you're right. The, so the, the people gr- at home do not know that I've been
0: I've been like
1: w- well it's not it's not I'm not putting on makeup so you have to describe that I'm actually doing like skincare things she yes. like improved I was doing like a little jade roller
0: I've rubbed that um, thing on my face it does feel good it
1: feels so would you like to use it sure look we you know you're gonna have to walk me down the red carpets when I I did act in college you know so when yeah. I was a young woman I was also an actress
0: I mean, and you're still big, it's just the college theater scene got small, you know?
1: Precisely, darling.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll get into this. We'll get, let's get into the, it's really a pretty simple movie to describe. Mm-hmm. Um, We start off, it's a classic nar- noir narration. This is kind of like a hybrid movie. There's a little bit of comedy about this movie. Yeah. It's also about old Hollywood, but it's also like, narrated like in a classic noir style and we see William Holden's character Joe a uh, script a Hollywood script writer that doesn't do that great let's be honest yeah. but like we see him floating in a pool yeah if I could do any behind the scenes of this movie I would want to see them doing the shots of William Holden uh, from
1: inside the floating, pool. floating
0: in the pool because yes. there's also a shot in the pool going up like how, how did they do that? The the shots in this movie are fan-fucking-tastic. Absolutely Gorgeous. unreal. Just so thoughtful and well-framed. And like, yeah, I guess they had a waterproof camera back then in 1950. But I'm just imagining like, okay, uh, Willie, I'm sure that's what they called William Holden. I need you to per- just float for like a good... There's a scene where they're trying to pull him in. It's a full minute he's floating.
1: You know what they probably did? They probably did not have a waterproof camera back then what they probably did is they probably created a glass-bottomed situation for yeah, him to float in maybe because then you just feel because he was in the water obviously so you just film from down below you i know? should
0: i should have looked up more facts
1: i I'm, mean there's got to
0: be tons of trivia about this movie
1: i'm i would be interested in anything about this movie i loved every second of it you know there's something that's one of the things i actually love the most about noir and i know it doesn't all do it but it does it best mm. is the i'm going to show you the tragedy and mm. then we're going to go back in time yeah you know and you know it's one of those things where i very quickly knew how he would die yeah you know that wasn't that wasn't the thing the thing is not how he dies it's how do you get to that point?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, it's
1: obviously very quick. Like, who's gonna kill him, and what's gonna happen? Like, you know, like you can almost like play it out. But well, you know, it's one of two people, right? Like, one of two other people in that house. That's true. But but for which which reason you don't know yet. But yeah, like that's the that's the fun of it is the figuring it out part, and that's why even though this wasn't a private eye story, like a detective noir, no, no, it was brilliant because it was. It was a, I'm going to show you. It's like he was just like showing us what happened.
0: You know, it's a noir is like, you know, it often involves the seedy thing. So you're going to get crimes. You're going to get cops. You're going to get thieves, crooks. But it's also like these are stories of desperation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and done by characters who are deeply flawed. Mm-hmm. That's the the result of a system that these people didn't make that, are, that they're trying to survive the best they can. In. Yeah. So this is this applies to in a noir sensibility every bit as much as like thief did. It's just, Um, just a different profession. And Hollywood is like, you know, we love movies, yeah, but it's also a system chock full of scumbags. Like, let's be honest. Mm. They're like dirtbags galore. We're going to be talking about dirtbag actors. We're going to be talking about dirtbag directors. I mean, we got a dirtbag director around the corner that we uh, picked up on recently for a David O. Russell, I learned some extra things about him since uh, we randomly generate, uh, no, no, it was a roulette selection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're supposed to discuss Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, yeah. I learned a little bit about this guy. You're not. Really? You're not going to like him oh, very much.
1: God.
0: But that's the thing, Are you right? going to
1: wait? I won't look I'll, it up. I'll,
0: I do want to wait to tell I you. I
1: won't look it up if you want me to enjoy the movie. I have a hard time with the separation. You know that.
0: But the thing is, we can objectively know what uh. a good movie, how a good movie is totally. made. Totally. The curse of these people is that they are going to have that cloud on yeah. them. Yeah. So if we talk about a Woody Allen movie, like go ahead and be like, Woody Allen probably fucked kids, did this scene, this scene, this scene. Yes. That's their curse. Yeah. If 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 they're not even, if they're too powerful to be taken down or supported by that corrupt scumbag system, yeah. we're going to, we can at least acknowledge that whether or not we think their movies are good or not, that they are like dirtbags.
1: Well, yeah, we have to acknowledge that they're dirtbags or I can't talk about them. But if we fully acknowledge that they're dirtbags, then I can talk about the, the movie. I mean, obviously not everyone involved in every movie is a dirtbag, but I do have a very real aversion, and you've agreed to this, of not spending any money. Sure. I don't want to give any dirtbags any money. Like, I will not pay
0: for Silver lining For something that I, playbook,
1: no, yeah, we won't pay for it. If we can't yeah, find we'll, it, we're not watching
0: we'll tr- it. No, we'll probably steal it. Cool. <laughs> you know, I've had this issue regarding, uh, uh, you know, one of my favorite movies is Chinatown. That's directed by Roman Polanski. We all know about his shit. yeah. He did Rosemary. Whoa. Y'all should watch the YouTube version of this for sure. Because she just put a mask on. um, And I'm
1: going to time it. So I have to leave this on for 10 minutes. (laughs) So I'm going to start the timer now. Here we go. Ready? The mask. I have to kind of lean back a little. Can you guys see me okay at home? Can you see me okay?
0: Um, no one's responding. Listen, can but... you see
1: me okay where you're looking? Yeah, okay, totally. Cool. I
0: can totally see you. Cool.
1: Can you hear me okay? I need to move my mic closer. I have to lean back a little because this is like important that it.
0: Go ahead and move your, your mic closer. My
1: face. Okay, I'm gonna move my mic. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay, okay. All right. Here we go.
0: You're wearing a. You're wearing a, for listeners only. You're wearing like a, a beauty mask. Those things are so creepy. They're legitimately it's like creepy.
1: Green. Yeah, I actually, The um, one in
0: the movie that she wore was even creepier. It was, like, covered her whole head. Oh know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and she had, like, at one point little stickers around her face, too, which mm-hmm. I thought about be doing a Bori strip, but I really need to be, like, in the bathroom for that, so I'll do that after.
0: You know, in in terms of, like, what we do and don't know, you better believe, like, I discovered when I got really into wrestling in the past, like, half decade, that when you go back at a certain point. Mm-hmm. They're all psychopaths.
1: Oh, yeah. They're all
0: insane. It's gotta be like that with old Hollywood as well. Oh, totally. But let's get into the true grid of this story. Man. Joe, screenwriter, he's not doing too well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, his car he's late on rent. He's late on car payment. Dudes are trying to like take his shit. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to stash his car around town. It's actually kind of a very funny scene where mm-hmm. he's trying to like get just around the collectors, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and he and he drives out and um and he's having interactions with the studio. He meets this young lady who's very honest about how shitty his script is. Yeah. But they become pretty good friends. Yeah. And like she's a she's a very she's a very charming character in this movie. She uh, Betty is her name. She
1: is. She's very charming and but they also um they're very flirty from the very start. They're Absolutely. very flirty immediately. Um and, and yeah, he's trying to sell a script. And, and just, she kind of blows it for him, actually. And
0: just keeping on their weird relationship, like, he encounters her later, and she happens to be, like...
1: The fiancé of his good friend. Of a good
0: friend. Yeah. he he shows up, I guess, she's dating the friend uh, so he can have an explanation to get be at the party. And, but I really thought, like, you know, because you have the issue, of course, where they obviously have chemistry. Very yeah. good chemistry on screen. I want you to keep this on all night if what? you know what if you know what minutes. I mean.
1: Oh God! Okay, <laughs> the timer will go off, and I will take it off after ten minutes. But we can keep it
0: if you take that off and you look dead on like Gloria Swanson, that would be wild. <laughs> Could
1: you imagine? That would yeah, be I can't imagine oh, my God. it. That would be amazing. But I did want to clarify one thing. So there's a part where he escapes hanging out with Gloria Swanson, and he goes to this party of his good friend. And at that party of his good friend, he finds out randomly... And his good friend is like a filmmaker.
0: Mm. He finds
1: out randomly that that guy is dating this girl from the studio. And so, yeah, that's how they connect again. But she's got a boyfriend. And he's got this weird relationship with Gloria Swanson, who's having him write a screenplay for her.
0: But here's my only question. And my only question throughout this whole movie, because at the very least, this is A tier. At the very least.
1: I mean, are you okay at
0: least i said okay i
1: was gonna say we're there's gonna there's a window
0: here where you can go up okay when i'm saying that the rock bottom here is a tier you yeah, should be like yeah. hell yeah okay. are you gonna be mad if it's like a quarter under keep
1: going all i'm
0: saying is like did she really need a boyfriend yes how why
1: because that's why they didn't fuck immediately he almost kissed her at that party in his best friend's house but he didn't but then, like that would have been, I think that would have been a stronger reason for him. And also, she had to have the boyfriend because that's why he white fanged her at the end.
0: I love this term that we've come up with, white I know, fang. I love it. and we'll explain it, it more later. But like, but don't you think that that's the, also
1: why he was torn? The
0: dynamic with Norma Desmond wouldn't that be enough to give pause? Like, it's not that's not enough to give pause in that scenario. She had to have a boyfriend as well.
1: I think so because there's this moment where he he says this line that is like her future is in my hands mm. either i tell i go with her and i'm with her and she's with me and this you know it's a screenwriter and it's a fucked up life whatever or i say no to her and she goes and marries this guy who is the greatest guy like he loves this dude like they love each other him yeah, and this yeah. guy and so he also would be losing his best friend and so I think, I think it did. It needed that like extra conflict because otherwise it would be like, well, just fucking leave the old lady and go to the girl. But it's like a, it's like a conflict of like morality almost. Like he, does he steal this girl from his friend?
0: I think, I think all the conflict was more in with the, the Betty and the Norma. And I feel like the, the friend was so much kind of, he felt so just kind of there. And then he's only like oh, I mentioned, him. I mean, no. he's okay. He
1: up because when the guy was going to buy norma the cigarettes on the way to that party they were in the soda shop like mm. he showed up i thought he was a good character and very memorable like when truly when they were flirting every time i was like stop it mm. you were dating that cute little boy stop it <laughs> and so she who, didn't. who would you
0: have picked that guy or joe that guy oh you thought the other guy was yeah
1: uh, i would have gone to arizona at a minute i wouldn't have kissed joe
0: you would have gone to Arizona. Yeah. Well, she, yeah. Don't you want to, like, live out your dream as a writer in Hollywood? She still
1: can. They're not in Arizona forever. He's he's making a movie.
0: Oh, right.
1: So she he was like, come to Arizona and let's get married right now and you'll be with me out here. Because mm. she basically wasn't working for that month. She was, like, at the disposal of Joe to write this script.
0: So Joe, he his tire blows out driving this car outside of, he's on Sunset Boulevard. Uh-huh. Maybe you've heard of it.
1: <laughs> Title of the show
0: and uh, the titular street, a fame a famous street in Hollywood. And his tire blows out, and he goes up to this kind of like decrepit mansion estate. He thinks it's abandoned because everything's grown over, and you know looks like things kind of need to be cleaned a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he, he assumes, but he assumes wrong. And there's like a butler there. Who immediately starts, like, shuffling him inside.
1: Yeah, he's like, come in, come in, she's waiting for you, you're late.
0: And he, it, it's like this thing where, like, he's trying to be like, oh, oh, but, like, the other people are just trying to move him along quickly. Yeah. So he goes upstairs to this room, and there is uh, Glorian Swanson yeah. uh, as Norma Desmond. I don't think he knows her immediately, but they walk up. She thinks he's, like, a funeral director. Yes. So they he's walk. He's to
1: be delivering a casket.
0: Yeah, so they walk up, and she starts immediately being like, I want this type of casket, I want, like, all these kind of things. And she pulls up, and she pulls a blanket back, and it's a dead chimp. Like, mm-hmm. she had she had a chimp that just died.
1: Yeah. How much did I want to see the movie with the chimp still alive? Yeah,
0: there's quite a movie leading up to this point that is quite interesting. Like,
1: uh, yeah, her and Max and the chimp living alone in this place? Yeah. Come on!
0: That chimp was probably, like, her third husband.
1: No child. Child. He was like her baby, not her husband. You freak.
0: Well, a very mature chimp.
1: You're a freak.
0: Yeah. She's a, a mature
1: lady. She could have a grown chimp child.
0: Is that the qualification you need?
1: No, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you were basically like he was an old chimp, so maybe she had him since he was a baby. So
0: imagine you're just wandering into this lot, this property. You act You're like, oops, it's not abandoned. You get shuffled up to a room.
1: You like this way? Oh
0: yeah. Like I said, I want you to keep that mask on for later. <laughs>
1: keep going, sorry. I'm sorry. And then you walk
0: into a room and someone talks to you like you're a funeral director, and then they they show you a dead chimpanzee. Yeah,
1: he tried to be like, listen to me, and the man was like, no, get upstairs, she's waiting, and he's like, okay.
0: Yeah, and of course, so Joe's like, okay, I gotta come clean. So sorry. I'm actually, like, a, a, a dead-end screenwriter that can't be. He did not say
1: dead-end. He was like, I'm a famous screenwriter.
0: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, sorry for your loss. And then so she latches on to him.
1: Immediately.
0: Immediately. Like,
1: hard. And
0: she's like, oh, I'm Norma Desmond, uh, the great silent film star. Uh, and the pictures have moved on. I hate all these talkies. Yeah. I love the, I mean, obviously she's She's like anyone else who, like, talks about a, a, a another time. It's mm-hmm. not so much that it's that time. Mm-hmm. It's that you were young and at your peak, yes. and you were there at the right time while everything was popping off. When everyone talks about the good old days, what they really mean is I was between the ages of 15 and 25 years old. <laughs> right. That's your good old days. That's everyone's good old not days. Not mine. You're more of a, you're in your good old days right yeah. now. Right? <laughs>
1: My best days right Yeah, now. as
0: you can see, look at her. <laughs>
1: look
0: amazing. And uh, so, yeah, then they... are
1: going to be beautiful, Bobby.
0: So she locks him in, and she, she has him stay the night since the car is dead. And Joe is the deepest sleeper in the world because he wakes yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, and the butler, literally <laughs> overnight, moved ah. all of his stuff from his apartment into his room. Mm-hmm. And he never woke up. They must have roofied him or something.
1: They must have.
0: And so it seems like
1: well she gave him a lot of champagne and caviar maybe he did put something in there.
0: Gloria Swanson.
1: Oh, this timer didn't go off.
0: Oh, oh my it, god, it
1: wasn't too long. Oh
0: over. my god, stunning.
1: <laughs> so also Gloria, move my mic back.
0: We've when we were referencing Nicolas Cage and Renfield, we were talking about how some people are really good at kind of over overacting a little
1: uh-huh. bit. Uh huh.
0: And like Gloria Swanson in this movie. Uh, Grand Slam home run, like throughout the whole film, this seems like overacting, but it's also like how, you know, someone who was a star at a time where you had to be a lot more expressive, like she really yeah. co-ops, it's like she really embodied uh, the the character, this is why it would be so even though she's obviously extremely fragile, insecure, and narcissistic, she is also genuinely like, I want to know somebody like this, you know? Yeah. I want to, like, befriend them, flaws and all.
1: Do you know, modern day, the only people I can think of who talk like that, and and this is, um...
0: Barbara Streisand. No,
1: no, no. Okay, yes. People who think, okay, people who either think that they're better than you Yes. Or they're trying to make you think that they're better than you. Yeah. So like cult leaders, mm. super rich people.
0: Yeah, as she is.
1: And like folks who like fake an accent.
0: Right. You know, it's the same kind of like lo-
1: Madonna.
0: I love accent. Being fakers. British
1: all of a sudden.
0: Uh, stolen valor people.
1: Pe- yeah, that's stolen it valor
0: is. people are so funny.
1: Yeah, stolen valor people. It's like
0: you couldn't even get into the army, so you're gonna, gonna fake it. <laughs>
1: Come on! I hate that shit.
0: <laughs> I guess a lot of stolen Valor guys probably will be like, "Yeah, I was a Marine sniper." That's they kind of go there. Or I was that a. That seems
1: pretty intense to fake it. <laughs> yeah. Or you mean they like were a Marine, but then they say they're a sniper? Or you mean they're not at all and they say sniper? No, they're, like, they're straight snipers?
0: up faking. I think we've mentioned this That's on insane. on an old documentaries episode, but we know someone whose dad faked being yeah, a BLM. Yeah, I know. Um, I was just
1: thinking about that.
0: And they and he had passed away suddenly, and the family found out when they tried to get they were like government money.
1: please. And they were like, and, and they, never were heard like, of him. they were like, they're like,
0: we don't know this fucker.
1: <laughs> insane. I actually do think I think I look good. You're glowing. I look. Oh my gosh.
0: Stunning.
1: This is working. It's working.
0: You know, forty-two can be good if you're not trying to be thirteen.
1: If I was forty-two, that would work. (laughs) Not forty-two. You're forty-three.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're not too far from her age. I am. I'm
1: older than you. If I'm not an older woman.
0: If I'm not in the rounded off numbers, I'm like Joe.
1: I'm like In this marriage. This is what I'm saying.
0: So they're so they're locked in. Joe's not going anywhere. He's got a pretty sweet gig. He's a little self conscious about all this shit that she's buying him. She's dressing him up like he's at a going to a gala uh, in like nineteen twenty.
1: There are the best lines in this movie, mm-hmm. and some of them I don't even know how they're not quoted all the time. Like this is a very quoted movie. Sure, misquoted. Yeah, the, by the, the, the way, the middle
0: close up line. Yeah,
1: d- terrible it's like a berenstein bears kind of thing i bet you people would probably like yell at you that they know how to say it and they don't but there was this line where he called his car because it had a flat tire when he was pulling up and he said um his car had a limp and a something like he everything was so because he's a writer it was not that sort of like and these are the clues that i found kind of like you know like private eye detective guy it was very like the words were very, like, beautiful. Mm. Like, the way he phrased things was, like, extra, like, more flowery than, like, a regular narration would be because he's a writer. Yeah. It's like he was, it truly as though he was writing the story of his death, right, is what he was mm, telling sure. us. But just, yeah, just the turns of phrase, like, everything about this movie was beautiful. Um, But there's this one weird part, because you mentioned clothes. So there's this part where he's fighting her because he doesn't want her to spend all this money on him because yeah. she wants to buy him tails and shit. And there's this jacket and the man brings him the two jackets and is like, do you want this jacket or do you want this less expensive other jacket? And the guy goes, give me the less expensive one. And the man leans in real close to his face.
0: <laughs> yeah. And this
1: guy has like some lips, man. Like he's, this is, a, this is like an attractive This is a great dude. shot. Straight on and it shot. Looks he's like coming he's from the gonna side. It's
0: good. It's good. It's looks gonna like gonna like he's going to nibble like, right his ear. Here.
1: And he just goes.
0: Well, as long as the lady's paying for it, why not take the Vicuna? The guy it's said like, what we were thinking, and
1: then they just paused yeah. for like three
0: beats. And that guy's like, just it was... staring at his cheek, like the way Willie Nelson stared at James Conn oh. in uh, *Thief*. Yeah. When they the <laughs> yeah. Totally. Oh, I forgot the whole there. There's she's hiring him essentially to retool a script that she's had that is like she's had forever. Yeah. And it's supposed to be her big comeback script. Yeah. That stars her all about her and mm-hmm. every she is trying to be the centerpiece of everything mm-hmm. and of course there is one night where they're sitting around and they're watching and her they're watching old oh, they reels only watch of her, her, her films
1: yeah they only watch her films
0: and uh she makes a move and he reciprocates and I get it you got to hit that once at least right
1: oh he doesn't reciprocate until she tries to kill herself
0: Oh, that's right. She threatens to kill herself all the time, which is abuse. And he
1: just doesn't push her away, but he doesn't like try to make anything happen. But then there's this uh New Year's Eve party, which is why she bought in the Tales. And um at this New Year's Eve party, no one else shows up. It's just the two of them. A band. And they're dancing. There's a band and Max is there with like a <laughs> I love that ton the of food, band is there. And there's a band playing the whole time. And basically the night goes on and he's like, Where is everybody? And she's like, No one else is coming. This is just for us. And obviously like she's talking like they're together and he gets really mad at her and he's like This is not it. And that's when he goes to his friend's house and sees the pretty girl from the studio. Yeah. Um, Because he runs away from her, but he comes back because he's worried about her. So he calls. Oh, no, he's not worried. He decides he's never going back. So he calls and he's like, Max, I need you to pack up all my shit and bring it to my apartment
0: because mm-hmm.
1: he didn't lose his apartment because she apparently was like paying his rent yeah, or she, something she
0: paid his debts
1: she paid his car she paid well she didn't pay his car because his car take yeah, it just gets taken away but stowed. she paid his rent
0: very strategic because then he doesn't have his car yeah you know what i'm saying oh i
1: know well she did that on purpose yes she did that on purpose oh, she's she very steamy well and oh the first day he's there his car, so there was something that max had done where he was like oh he said i made your bed this afternoon And this was like midnight and he's like, how did you know I was going to stay this afternoon? And Max did not answer him because, but Max fucking knows her. He knows, oh, she likes this boy. Yeah. yeah. So he's here to stay. Yeah. That's how it works. You don't leave, you know, you don't leave. And, but he did leave this one night and because he left, she, she cut her wrists. And when he called to say, bring my stuff, Max was like, she's not okay. She she cut her wrist, and so he runs to her, and they do have more of a fight, and he has this, like, struggle where he's walking around the room. Like, it's interesting to me, like, you can see him being like, is this a decision I'm prepared to make? Like, am I okay to, like, be this, like, kept man mm-hmm. to basically save this woman's life?
0: The first moment she buys me a catfish plate, I'm hitting it.
1: But anyway, she would
0: have loved you if she if she liked <laughs> women, because you would have cleaned that whole estate. I know it would have been you would have made like like PowerPoint well, charts of how you were going to clean well, her they ma- did mansion. Clean
1: they did clean it up. So yeah. then, then like he kisses her and they're together. It's like they start this year together, and so the next thing you see like they're he's swimming in the pool, they're hanging out. She's being silly and cute. Yeah, you know, and they finish her script like they finish her script. That's the other thing too. She keeps him because she wants him to. He convinces her that he's a famous scriptwriter and that she should pay him to rewrite this insanely huge script that she's been writing for twenty years about Salome. And and yeah, so they're together. And then everything's like fine until he goes to the soda shop that day. And he sees his friend and And, the girl and the the girl's like, I've been trying to call you. Like she had tracked him down where he was staying because she had like a bit of a story of his that she found that she wanted to like write a script with him. And he basically was like, take what you want of that script. I'm not working. She was
0: talking. She's like, it's really funny because every time this guy gets a script out or it gets sent out, whether, and this girl is great, Betty, because she's very honest Mm. and he likes that about her. Oh yeah. But like. Everything everything he does, like, every time someone reads anything he says, it's like, the response is, this sucks. Yeah. Like he, like, like, he can't write a good script. Yeah. But Betty's like, you know, there's like six pages here.
1: That are good. That are
0: amazing. Yeah.
1: And I think you can write a whole movie based off of this chunk. Yeah. But throw everything else out. Right. And at one point, he's like, well, just have it. Just you do it. And she's like, I can't do it by myself. I'm not a good enough writer. But I have ideas.
0: So, he has to sneak out from the estate and because he decides he's not trying to hook up with Betty, but they're friends now yeah. and they're working on some piece together. But obviously there's obvious like sexual chemistry there. And her man is in Arizona shooting a movie. Like he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's becoming this conflict because, uh, Norma. Yeah. Uh, Norma. Oh, what's this? Now she's putting like a clay, like a mud mask on.
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I'm, I, will I'm you, yeah, yeah. I will have to watch this off. about you, not
0: Norma. Yeah, yeah. I will have
1: to wash this off before too long. You're
0: going to so. be very exfoliated.
1: I'm, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I got to. I got to restart my career. Because that's the thing, is that he was sneaking out at night, and he was able to. Because she was convinced that Cecil B. DeMille was going to pick up their script and put her in the movies. And so she was going through this whole beauty routine. And that is what has inspired me. Yeah. To do this beauty routine to get ready for my comeback.
0: It's hard to imagine you becoming even more beautiful than you already are. <laughs> and, Good uh, job, babe. Yeah. But, you know, um, Norma's no fool. She knows something's going on. It's not really... It's not... Uh, he's not cheating on her. But maybe, no, but maybe a little bit is. emotionally. Well, but.
1: he is emotionally. But, I mean, they don't really have... Like that great of an emotional relationship he and Norma, he just listens to her all the time. Like she just—that's all
0: she wants.
1: Yeah, she you feel
0: just... you feel real sad for Norma because oh yeah, you know you see her problems and you get why you know this is all gonna crash and burn. Mm-hmm. But like you just see her trying to fill these insecurities and you know it ain't gonna be shit. Like she could have a hundred uh, boyfriends that she forces to live with her and ain't gonna change a damn thing. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's blaming uh, filmmaking technology on the fact that she just aged out of a cruel business. It's got nothing to do with talkies. You know, she's just, she's just way past her prime. But
1: also they talk at one point about how she became a terror.
0: Yeah, apparently to work
1: with towards the end. Like she was cool apparently, and then all of a sudden she was like not cool anymore.
0: Cecil B. DeMille is in this movie. And yeah, yeah, there are scenes in which
1: Buster Keaton's in this movie.
0: Yeah, we see Buster Keaton. She's one of her old colleagues and friends that comes and plays Bridge. But yeah, there's these scenes where they're talking because they're getting phone calls from DeMille's, you know, studio people or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: they think it's she thinks it has something to do with, with the this script. the script. Yeah. But like she's not getting calls from Cecil B. DeMille himself, so she's like, Don't take that call. So she shows up at the at the the studio a lot while he's making a movie. Yeah. And there's a scene where he's talking to his um his assistants and stuff and they're talking about like because uh, he's gotten word that they've been getting she's been getting calls, but they just want to rent her old like vintage car.
1: Yeah, for like a completely different project. Cecil B. DeMille knew nothing about it, and so he's like, "Fuck." He knows the script is terrible. He did read it, and because a, he does respect her, he
0: does. But respect, it wasn't good. But he did acknowledge, like, yeah, early on she was fantastic because she started very young, right? Because fifty's mm-hmm. not that old. No, she would have had to start very young to have this much span of time in her yeah. Hollywood career. Yeah. Like, she must have started in vaudeville when she was, like, 10 or some shit. Totally. But, uh, but yeah, he was, like, yeah, she was wonderful at first, up until the end. Mm-hmm. And when it was all starting to crash. And so, but she just shows up. And she knows people on set. Like, she's got old, the old, like, set designers and set hands. Like, a lot of people oh, yeah, recognize her. people are excited
1: her. to see her. Like, everyone, like, flocks to her.
0: Yeah, and when, and, of course, these are all actors and stuff on this set. So... Mm-hmm. Of course, like, when they were kids, they probably saw her in movies and stuff. So they're, like, they know who she is, even if she's past her prime. So there's a moment where Cecil's being so, like, gentlemanly with her and having her sit in a chair. In his chair. In his chair. And this whole cast and crew, uh, like, converge. And they even put a spotlight on her. Like, oh, is that Norma Desmond?
1: Yeah, the guy who remembers her from back in the day.
0: They put a spotlight on her, and she's just, like, eating this shit up. And there's a funny part where... Uh, one of the uh, stages uh, production assistants goes up to Cecil, and says, "Like Norma Desmond's here. Like, how old is she?" And then Cecil's like, "Well, I'm old enough to be her father. How old is that? How old do you think I am?"
1: Yeah, crazy. But then, yeah, so he does not tell her.
0: No, he has to be. He figures out what
1: happened, but he can't bring himself to tell her because he does love her. Yeah, but it's just sad. like it's just and also this character i um this character is the character of a young beautiful like belly dancer woman who like intoxicates men and like i don't know the whole story but they told these little bits and like she's not who would play this character no ever but especially at that time like it's just it's embarrassing yeah and so like she she's delusional about what she can do But, you know, they go home, and she thinks it's all fine, and and the men find out about that it's the car, but Max basically is like, Max is her Butler. butler. Basically is like, you cannot tell her. Also, we find out earlier that she thinks she gets fan letters every single day, but she doesn't, and Max tells Joe. He's basically like, check the postage. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's doing it. He's writing her fan letters or recycling fan letters, Or something, just to keep her going.
0: Max and Joe's relationship is so interesting. Max is more honest with Joe than he is with the lady that he's obsessed with.
1: Well, because he's protecting
0: her. He's protecting her. her. And
1: he does tell Joe at one point that she has tried to kill herself before.
0: And I think, like, Max and Joe legitimately also feel sorry for each other. In their own respected predicaments, I don't think Max ever disliked Joe. No, I don't either. Or was ever jealous of Joe. No, it wasn't like that. But But they—he's
1: chosen his plot in life, and he knows his role. Yeah, because we find out
0: he was her first husband and a former director. He was like he named like you had a Cecil B. DeMille and you had a uh fuck. I'm already forgetting the other guy. Forget the other guy, but then he said he's like a real director. Yeah and and then and then me max von something
1: something something and he was just like what the fuck and so basically they were married and he directed her in her first like three films and then when she left him he could not live without her and so he came back to her and became her servant yeah like became her everything like he takes care of everything for her and including her delusion
0: he he takes
1: you know like he takes care of even her fantasies yeah and so you know they they keep this secret and just kind of let it going and joe's like how long and he's like forever you know like he's basically like i will do this forever this is what Mm. i do and so i can't really remember like what the next like breaking point is but we we do see joe again with the girl Mm. and oh the woman knows yeah. The woman finds out this night that, that he's he's going to the girl.
0: And Max tells him at some point, like, oh, she's got it. She bought a revolver or something.
1: She told him.
0: Oh, she told him.
1: Yeah, she tells him. But it's not until, like, that last night because she's basically, like, I stood in front of the mirror and tried to tried to use it, but I couldn't. Um, But, yeah, so he goes back to the girl, and it's kind of their last night together. And he tells – they do this, like, walk down the street and basically – he falls in love with her in this moment because it's something about her nose and he like kisses her nose and then he truly is like if you want to finish writing this with me you have to stay two feet f- away from me at all times yeah so he basically is like i want to fuck you yeah so don't let me do that mm-hmm. um and so then fast forward there's like this night where she knows he's already there and it's basically like their last night writing together and she tells him that she doesn't want to get married
0: mm-hmm. because
1: her, her fiance wants her to go to Arizona, get married right now. And she's like, I love you. I don't want to go.
0: Right. And, and then, then he and then he kisses her.
1: And then he goes back to the house and he's getting ready to leave. Right. Like he's packing his stuff or whatever, or, or whatever. And she, or he hear, hears her on the phone calling Betty. Yeah. And I guess has been calling Betty yeah, all night, straight but up just creeping. now knows that Betty's home and doesn't know he's home yet. So that's what it is. He comes home and he hears her talking and truly he gets pissed, but he takes the phone Yeah, and he's like, yeah, Betty, I'm here. Here's the address. Come see for yourself. What the fuck is going on?
0: We're questioning why he's doing this to Betty and that, in the
1: middle of the night.
0: And we also didn't realize like, but yeah, he brings her there and he's very honest with her, but he's also very like cold about it. Yeah. Because he's white he's fanging white her. He's fanging
1: her. He's like, his, his life this is too woman, weird. This is where I live. I'm a kept man. This is how it is.
0: Explain what white fanging is.
1: Okay. So white fanging is the, I still really love you, but I need you to leave because I've decided that's what's best for you. It, and so I'm going to tell you that I don't love you anymore.
0: The end of white fang book or movie by Jack London.
1: I've never seen it.
0: Well, let I me, just know the story. Well, let but me clarify ahead. this. Of yeah. course, he, he befriends this wolf that is essentially, it's like half wild, half domestic, essentially. And so this wolf is in his life, but he's a guy who's lives amongst men and he has to go forth. And he can't be with this wolf in the wild anymore. Mm-hmm. So at the end of White Fang, he has to pretend that he's mad at the wolf. Listen to me. go. 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 go and tells the wolf to like go i don't care about you anymore and he's throwing rocks at the wolf and and it's and And he's crying and he's crying and it hurts him but he's trying to make the wolf not be as trusting to humans so the wolf can go thrive in the wild and he can just move on and be a human being white fanging
1: yeah so he white he was white fanging her and also, because, you know, we were talking about it. He's white fanging her while at the same time, like, sort of putting on a show for Norma. Yes. Because he's also laying out, like, this is the plot. Like, this, or this is who I am and what I am and how fake and bullshit it is. But this is also what's happening. But, and he tells her she needs to go to Arizona.
0: But he's not necessarily only white fanging her. Because after he white fangs her, Norma thinks everything's like, oh. That's what I'm he saying. He did that he, for me. He
1: put on a show for her.
0: But then, after... Betty's gone and upset he pretty much pulls the plug on the whole scenario like he pretty much like Burns yeah. starts to burn the whole bridge and tells mm-hmm. her all that he feels and all that he thinks about the scenario yep. And she is just and she
1: goes and gets the gun
0: she goes and gets the gun He's walking out into the courtyard near the pool
1: and he's just gonna leave he's packed his bag He's just trying to leave
0: she pulls out the revolver and shoots him he falls into the pool That's how you got the scene that we opened up with. Yeah. And it's funny because, I mean, he's narrating his own story throughout the movie, and he's even narrating his own story after his death.
1: After he's dead.
0: Almost like he, like, scripted his own story. Absolutely. Good shit, y'all.
1: Brilliant. Okay, but then. Yeah. The grand finale.
0: Mm. He's dead.
1: And it's the next morning, and there's policemen and there's press and there's a gossip columnist in Norma's bedroom. And the cops are trying to talk to her, but she's, she's almost in a trance.
0: She's lost. She's,
1: she's sitting in her chair in her vanity in her bedroom. And she's just like touching her face and her hair. And she's not responding to any question they, they put to her until Max tells her that the cameras are downstairs. He called in a favor, someone from Paramount, brought actual movie cameras or was it paramount news
0: no i thought it was the news like it the, was Paramount news, news. you're right yeah. but it
1: was but it was paramount it so wasn't it said a studio paramount.
0: she just heard the, she hears the word camera yeah, and the truck
1: like, said the truck said paramount studios oh paramount really? news oh, okay. yeah the, the truck said paramount news that's why i was thinking it was a studio for a second but you're right it said said that so they but but anyway they've got these big cameras and so he tells her the cameras are downstairs and she's like oh okay i'll get ready and the cops are like the fuck is going on and the other guy's like let's just let her get downstairs like this is and they're like kind of making eyes at max and max is like i understand like this is too far gone i can't help her so
0: she's like the cameras are here she
1: puts on her outfit but like it's like oh my god this is this was so perfect she, because she already had on this dress that was like kind of falling off of her. Right. And so she's getting in costume for Salome because she thinks it's time to film her movie. Mm-hmm. And all these people who are down there are like her subjects waiting for the princess to arrive. But the way that she's done up, it's like, it's, it's haphazard and messy. And she's got like these big glitter pieces on her face. and There's like glitter on her shoulder. And she's got this like loose gold, like tunic over her torn dress. And she's just, she's just this like picture of like madness
0: she's but but, like
1: this gorgeous madness
0: the most glamorous madness you've ever seen the straight starlet walk down the steps
1: and she's just slowly this is the thing i love too about this movie is it never felt long
0: no but there are these like such
1: like these pregnant pauses they're so rich Mm. these rich like i could just stare at her making faces all day Like she, she's so, and that's her whole thing is that I don't need words. I have eyes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like it's so perfect. And so she gets to the bottom of the stairs and she says, oh, I'm too emotional. I can't do this. I, I need to, I need to just say how grateful I am for everyone coming together and like supporting me and loving me. And I've loved all my fans forever. And it's just like, she's just having her moment in her mind. Yeah, Like, the moment she's been waiting for is actually happening for her. No one else but for her. Mm. And then she says the line.
0: Now, the the misquote is, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. We've been hearing that misquote since, like, Looney Tunes cartoons of the time.
1: But what she actually says is, All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Okay, Mr. DeMille. All right, Mr. DeMille. I'm ready for my close-up
0: and then she starts to walk towards the camera as like it starts to blur out like fog out i just and then that's the, that's the end of the movie it's so
1: fucking good
0: yeah i mean uh, i am sure a lot of people listening to this will be like yes yeah, since that boulevard it was, it, it, it's been a classic for well over half a century i don't know
1: somehow we didn't ever see it
0: there's a lot of great things there's we haven't a lot gotten things. to yet the best thing about like things That you haven't seen is that you haven't seen them yet.
1: It's exciting to me that we can still find things like this. Yes. It's exciting to me that these gems are still there. And that's why I love so much that we're doing this show is because for a while, I feel like, you know, we focused on different areas or different other things. And in those times, we didn't watch a lot of movies. And so... We're, you know, I'm sure there's even things from this last 20 years where we've been together where we just skipped over something that we might find in this process, you know? And that's what's exciting, is finding things that we didn't know we would love so much. Mm. You want to rate it? Yeah. I need to wash my face much soon. Much <laughs>
0: like much like Joe, our, our car broke down and we are trapped in Norma Desmond's house. Forever. And she wants... She wants us to stay indefinitely and be her lovers, and we have to hump her. So you're going to hump her one through five times. Okay. I'm going to hump her one through five times combined for best out of ten.
1: Obviously, I love it. I don't have to talk a long time, but I do just have to say that I don't understand how I didn't watch it before now. It's been referenced so many times that there's almost this part of you that thinks, oh, I have. Yeah. But I honestly didn't even know the story. Even though you'd think I would. I knew it was like about a woman who's like larger than life, but that's basically all I knew. There
0: are some prolific movies where you do kind of know the story mm-hmm. before you even get to it because it's such a cultural Citizen
1: situation. Kane.
0: Yeah, that's a fine example.
1: Yeah. But this was just, I had no idea. And I was totally blown away by it. And I I just wanted to, like, touch it. hmm You know? The bed like, frame
0: was, was fantastic.
1: God, the bed. The, the whole, decorations. Whole, her whole house. Like, everything. And even, like, oh, my God, the scenes of him and Betty walking down the empty streets of, like, the Paramount Studios in the middle of the night. Like, that kind of stuff, like, I would kill to do. And so to be able to, like, watch it. I don't know. It was just really special. And I, I.
0: I think a prequel, like you mentioned earlier, showing the relationship uh, yeah. between her and that chimp <laughs> her
1: and Max would the be house. very,
0: very valuable. You think it was like her child? I think it was like her husband. We'll agree to disagree.
1: Um, five. <laughs>
0: five I, I figured you would go there yeah i'm
1: going i'm going there
0: i'm not under a 4.75 so we're at s tier totally i think i am going to give it a, a 4.75 okay. solid that's fine yeah. yeah so so that's a 9.75 for sunset boulevard so after like 20 movies we didn't have any s tiers <laughs> and
1: now we have two in a row.
0: suddenly of oh, the window captures what is your
1: critique of this film
0: I <laughs> I kind of mentioned that that I wasn't like as enthralled with the 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 weird relationship between the girl and I know you kind of had your oh, way fair. for it. Oh, fair. I
1: liked it. I'm
0: I, down. I and like yeah, everyone was char- everyone did great in this movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the, I don't know. I kind of chalked it up to there's a young there's a young woman. They have to have a boyfriend. They have to be engaged. It makes like more conflict. It's, it seems conflict. like it's kind of a little uh tropey uh. Maybe a little, but that's, that's a nitpick. Okay. It's a nitpick, so.
1: Put it in the sheet.
0: Put it in the sheet. So, um, Thief is 10. hmm Sunset Boulevard is 9.75. 9.
1: 5.
0: All right. I can't pull up the, the window right now. I'm not sure Oh,
1: why. no. Those are the only two S tiers, though, so it's easy to remember.
0: Billy Wilder. This guy, uh. Got more than a few awards under his belt from 1950 at 9.75. I love it. Yeah. Sunset Boulevard. Uh, I think, you know, speaking to more of a modern movie audience, I know there's a lot of people out there that just are completely averse to like a black and white movie. And I would say that I was probably like that up until like my late teens. I started to get into them more back then. And and, you know, sure, modern movies are definitely a lot more diverse. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. You know, I kind of got a lot of problem with the way modern movies are written. Hmm. There's a problem uh, regarding, like, over-reliance on CGI in a lot of movies. There is something, it has its own sense of sterileness. Yeah. And, and old movies are not without their, they, great good movies and shitty movies have existed all throughout time. If you really check back on, if you really get into the old Hollywood stuff like this and like, it really will for a more of a modern person, it really can open up a whole um, new world of movies for you. And like, yeah, and they're like, we think John Wayne is overrated as fuck. <laughs> like we don't like him much yeah. at all, but there are plenty of, of fucking great actors yeah. like, like William Holden, Humphrey Bogart. We've loved Humphrey I'm, Bogart for a I long, Lauren Humphrey Bacall. Bogart. Um, yeah, so highly recommended and you'd might be surprised at how a lot of the modern directors that you love have pulled so much from like movies all throughout time. So the, uh, let, let, let all of history be your curiosity is all I'm saying. And you might find that there, uh, is that there's never enough great movies out there. If you just kind of open up to the contextual history of the things you love. Totally Cause if you're true. like a, if you're like, I'm I'm something of a movie nerd, but then you're going to say something like, I don't watch movies uh, before there was color. You're not a movie nerd. No, you're not. I'm sorry. You're not. I don't care about your opinion on the Batman. You've you're, seen every Marvel movie. You, I don't care. You're just another guy that like, has, just is in love with all the movies from your eighties and nineties childhood. And now you're grown mm-hmm. watching. Uh, I don't know. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which uh, will be on the docket very soon. So,
1: so I haven't um, proposed this to you yet, but I'm going to propose it to you on camera right now. All right. Um, Monday night, myself and a couple friends are going to see Grease 2 at the Belcourt Theater. <laughs> and I wondered if you wanted to Perfect also timing. go with us. I'm
0: sitting here talking about, hey, don't be dismissive. <laughs> of eras of movies (laughs) and what a perfect opportunity for you to be like oh so you want to go see (laughs) grief well i'm gonna have to leave the audience in bated breath because i'm giving my answer off mic all right so uh check the show notes for contact info and links and other places to find us and
1: and i'm gonna do my gloria swanson death to all traitors.
0: Death to all traitors, madame. You see, this is my life. It always will be. There's nothing else, just us, and the cameras,
1: and those wonderful people out there in the dark.